don't know what's your favourite TV programme. The one programme I like watching on television is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Does anyone watch that? No one? There must be. Thank you. Done. Well, just for a moment, pretend that you are on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Okay? And I am Chris Tarrant. It's true. I'm going to give you three questions. And you can phone a friend. Okay? Now, here's the first one. Are you ready? Yes? In which decade did the Edinburgh Festival begin? Was it the 1940s? Anyone? The 1960s? And everyone dressed like that back in the 1960s? Or the 1980s? 19, yes, absolutely. it was in the 1940s. The festival began in 1947. The things you learn at Charlotte Chapel. Now here's a second question. Who is the author, you must get this one, who is the author of the screw, tapes, screw tape letters? Okay, who was not listening? Is it Jeffrey Archer? <laughs> J.K. Rowling? C.S. Lewis. Well done. Now, here's a final question. You have to really think about this one. What is life all about? Okay? What is life all about? You ever asked that? What is life all about? If you were to write down on a piece of paper your answer, and no one else could see it but just you, life for me is... How would you finish it? John Lennon once said, Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. I like that one. Jean-Paul Sartre, the atheistic philosopher, had his own views on life. And here's what he said. Everything has been figured out except how to live. So what is life all about? Well, tonight we read in the Bible about a man called Zacchaeus. And it's an amazing true story. Now, if you were sitting beside him tonight, and you asked him, Zacchaeus, please tell me, for you, what is life all about? Because you're very direct, okay? Do you know what he would say? Life is about winning that million pounds. It doesn't get any better. And just think what I could buy. A big new home in the Grange. You need to win a lot more than a million pounds. Lunch every day at Balmoral, a brand new Merck, membership at Carnoustie, and his wife could shop at Harvey Nicks and Jenner's whenever she wanted. Imagine. Zacchaeus, is that your vision of life? Absolutely. Got it in one. But watch this. His whole world was about to be turned upside down. He would never be the same again. Never. He was about to find the real meaning of life. And life, get this, it's found in a person called Jesus. And tonight, we're going to explore what happens. And we're going to find there are three crucial steps to finding life. And there is nothing more important. Firstly, there is a great quest. Secondly, there is a great encounter. And thirdly, there is a great transformation. And so firstly, it starts with a great quest. Look at verses 1 to 4. Zacchaeus, he was on a quest for more in life. Surely, there must be more to life than this. So let's take a look at this man called Zacchaeus. 
What do we learn about him? Well, if you look at verses 2 and 4, we find three things. He was a tax collector. And of course, we love our tax collectors. Don't we, David? But Zacchaeus was hated. Why? Because he worked for the occupying forces. The Romans, he was a traitor. And he used to get wealthy by taking his cut. But if you look at verse 3, what else do you notice? He wanted to see Jesus. You see, his wealthy, new, rich lifestyle just wasn't satisfying. Nothing really fulfilled and nothing lasted. Now, if you're a Mick Jagger fan, you may have bought the hit record, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Has anyone got that? I don't believe that. (laughs) You're all shy. Well, it goes like this. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. Because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no, I can't get no. They don't make them like they used to. So let me ask you, how do people try and get satisfaction? How do they fill that void in their lives? They buy things. All kind of things. What is today's motto? Shop until you drop. And if you watch along Princess Street, that's what you would find. Boris Becker was one of my heroes growing up. But listen to what this famous tennis player once admitted. He said this. I had won Wimbledon twice before. Once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I could want. Money, cars, women, everything. And he says this. I know this is a cliche. It's the old song of the movie and pop star who committed suicide. They had everything. And yet they are so unhappy. I had no inner peace. And if he was honest, that was how Zacchaeus felt. But notice it doesn't end there. Thankfully, you see, he had heard about this man called Jesus. And this Jesus changed people's lives. And so thirdly, in verse 4, what do we find? Amazingly, Jesus was coming his way. But the place was packed. It was like the Royal Mile during the festival. And so what does he do? He climbs a tree. In other words, he was on a quest for more. But notice very carefully, he was also on a quest for meaning. And this goes to the heart of it all. He was on a quest for meaning. And it's to do with our relationship with our Creator God. Let me illustrate this. I read recently about an old Gaelic legend. An old Gaelic legend. It was in a book called Can I Know God? by the author W.E. Sankster. And I thought it was great. Let me read you what it says. Sankster writes, There is an old legend of the western isles of Scotland concerning a sea king who desired the company of a human being. One day, he heard in his cavern under the sea a little human cry and rose to the surface of the water to discover a child in a derelict boat. Just as he was about to make for the vessel and take the child, a rescue party intervenes and he missed his prize. But, so the legend says, as they drew away with the one so nearly lost, the sea king cupped his hand and threw into the heart of the child a little sea salt wave and said as he submerged, the child is mine. When it grows, the sea salt will call him and he will come home to me at the last. And Sanctuary writes, it is only a Gaelic legend But it enshrines the timeless truth that God has put in the heart of every one of us a longing for himself. 
And we all know that. A couple of weeks ago, I was down south on a counselling course, believe it or not. I went down in a car with Rodney, my colleague. It was a seven-hour journey with Rodney. <laughs> and, bless you. <laughs> and now it is I who needs counselling. But on the course, <laughs> I heard this great picture of what it means to live life to the absolute max. Okay? Let me share it with you. I wish I'd said it first. It's the picture of a waterfall. A waterfall. And it represents fullness of relationship with God. Okay? And this waterfall is where our thirst is quenched. But here's what happened. Sin broke that relationship. And what is sin? It's independence. It is to live without reference to God. As Frank Sinatra once said, I did it my way. And it's to put other things before God. My career, my home, and my ambitions. But here's what it's like. Think about this. It's as though we go each day to an empty bucket. And there we try to find meaning in life. Instead of going to the waterfall itself. Yes? As the prophet Jeremiah said to God's own people, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now watch this. For Zacchaeus, he's about to meet the one who declared to the world, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that takes us to our second step in finding life. It begins with a great quest, and it continues, and it leads to a great encounter. Verses 5 to 7. And there are three things to notice about this great encounter. Firstly, it is personal. It is personal. Look at verse 5 once again. Look at what it says. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, I think this is amazing. Okay? And let me tell you why. The one who made the 12 planets in our solar system, as I've now found out, is calling Zacchaeus by name. Okay, just think about that. In other words, it is personal. But here's what's really breathtaking. Listen to this. Even though Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus, did you notice? Jesus was first seeking him. Look at verse 10. It's the key verse of Luke's Gospel. Verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And what does that tell us? Jesus was born to save. That is wonderful. He came to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And it's the greatest news in this universe. So it was personal. Second, it was an urgent encounter. It was an urgent encounter. Look at verse 5 again. When Jesus reached the spot... He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Now, do you know one of the greatest mistakes that we can make? It is to think that we can come to Christ whenever we want. I will come when I am less busy, when I have won my million pounds. Okay? Let me give you an example. If you look over at chapter 18 and verse 37. Chapter 18 and verse 37. Notice what the blind man is told. Notice what he's told. He is told Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And what does he do? Does he wait? No, he doesn't. 
He knows that this is a vital opportunity. It may never come again. And so notice, he cries out for help. Now, maybe you're thinking, how do I know if God is calling me? Let me tell you. You'll know by that deep dissatisfaction. You're never really comfortable anymore. You lack wholeness. You lack a clear conscience. And you graciously lack peace. And Jesus says to you tonight, I died for you. Come down. The question is, will you come? So it was personal. It was urgent. And thirdly, it was an intimate encounter. And I love this. Notice what Christ says to him. I must stay at your house today. Now, if you're anything like me, you will love going to someone's home for a meal. Yes? But be warned, the only thing I can make is tuna and pasta. You're welcome anytime. But here's the point. Visiting someone's home in the East was far more than just having a meal. It was a sign of intimate friendship. Yes? It was a sign of acceptance and love. So let's look at verse 7 once more. It tells us so much. Verse 7. The crowd, what they had written off Zacchaeus. But what does Jesus do? He accepts him. Wow. It's amazing. And look at the response. Verse 6. This little man has become huge. You see, acceptance by God had given him what he'd never been able to acquire with his wealth. Yes? And what was that? Wholeness. Wholeness of life. He went in, the tiniest man in Jericho, and he left, the biggest man in town. Something had happened inside of him. And that takes us to our final step in finding life. There is a great transformation. A great transformation. Verses 8 to 10. Now tonight, it's been great to have the salt mine company here with us. And we're looking forward to the screw tape letters next week. But there's one thing I have been reliably informed of. Let me share this with you. David Robinson, who plays screw tape, does not always dress up as a devil. Apparently it's true. It is only a temporary transformation. But the great thing about Zacchaeus is that he was transformed forever. Why? Because he had been saved, born again, given new life, reconciled with God, and rescued from hell. Zacchaeus was a new person, as the Bible says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. So notice two aspects of this great transformation. Number one, his heart is transformed. Verse 8. What does it say in verse 8? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus was changed. Was it for the better? Absolutely. You know, a few weeks' time, we're starting a new course of Christianity Explored. And on the course, we're going to discussion groups. And often a question comes up. And it goes a bit like this. If I become a Christian, will that stop me from being me? Understand? If I become a Christian, will that stop me from being me? In other words, 
Does that mean I need to become a grey, dull, joyless kind of person you see on TV soaps? The answer could not be more different. Think about it. All his life, Zacchaeus went to that empty bucket to find meaning in life. And then one day, he went to the waterfall. And he encountered Jesus. He came under his new management. He gained purpose and direction in his life. And he lived in the joy of that. You see, if I meet the living God, who knows the truth about me, and still accepts me, think about it, it frees me to be me. And Zacchaeus knew that. His heart is transformed. But more than that, finally, his destiny is transformed. His destiny is transformed. And this is brilliant. Take a look at verse 9. We're almost done. Jesus said to him, Today's salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, that is Jesus, came to seek and to save what was lost. Now let me close by reading, reading for you an email that I received uh, a few months ago. And I thought it was great. It's an email from someone who had just finished a Christianity Explored course. And like Zacchaeus, this person had been saved by Jesus. And here's what, here's what he wrote after the course. And he said I could share this with you tonight. He said this, I would just like to take this opportunity to thank you all for making the last ten weeks the most positive and amazing experience of my life. Now catch this. My relationship with God through Jesus Christ is now at the centre of my life. Isn't that great? It is great. And why could he say that? Because he found life. Life in all its fullness. And it's found in a saviour called Jesus. My challenge to you tonight is simply this. Very simple. Have you? Have you? Let us pray.